Hey guys, welcome back to another installment of Galley Stories. Uh, today we have Dominic Bova, first mate and at some point uh, co-captain of the uh, FV Sovereignty. How are you doing today, Dominic? Good, Mark. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's good to have you. It's going to be kind of weird, you know. Uh, you and I have been friends for, for quite a while and we've never really sat down and had a, a real good talk about the history of your fishing life. So it's going to be uh, new and fun. Cool. Yeah. You know, obviously you've been doing it for a while. Why don't we go back to the beginning? How did how did this start for you? Uh, well, it was back in 1998, right around that time or so. I needed some money to continue my education for college. A friend of mine had gone up to Alaska and worked on a tugboat. He told me that he heard that uh, commercial fishermen up in the area, up in Alaska, made a pretty good living, so... I committed to taking a year off of uh, school and just to saving up money and got online and looked up fishing companies in Seattle and that's what led me up. Yeah. So, so internet age, you literally were able to go on and find Yeah, it, it was the very beginning, you know, like 98 yeah. or so. So, so what yeah. were you going to school for? It was just a business degree, you know, I was just trying to get my, my bachelor's at the time, so business, but... Okay. Yeah. So just uh, randomly searching online, and then and then where did, where did that lead you to? What was your first gig? It led me to Trident Seafoods, and okay. uh, I actually my first gig was uh, working at a cannery at South Naknek, Alaska, big Bristol Bay run. So I went up there for I don't know, I think I worked for five weeks in the South Naknek plant and processed fish. Did that for five weeks, just talked to people, the fishermen, and kind of figured things out, you know, how how could I make the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time up there. All the conversations led me to get in on boats, so um, I just started meeting people and networking. It didn't happen quite as fast as I, I wanted it to, but it all worked out. It led me to to getting on a, taking a processing barge south, processed in Juneau, Alaska for, for a short time, and then went home, or went back to Seattle after the salmon season was over. Was that was that also in a plant or was that? Well, it was a processing barge actually. So we would get get pulled to a location. They'd anchor up, and then smaller fishing boats would come alongside and offload their product to us, and we would process it. Yeah. So the first five weeks at at the night night plant itself, and then uh, and then some additional it was, time. Yeah, it was another three four weeks or something like that that I that I processed on the Neptune. Okay, and yeah. what, processing though. So what what was your actual job on that line? Cause there's so many, right? I did row, like you run these row sacks, these slimy row sacks over this big screen. Yeah, and it, it was just, it, I don't know, it was okay. It was, I didn't really enjoy it, but there was a lot of people my age, a lot of college kids up there working during the summertime, so it was okay. As you know, I'm, I was born and raised in Southern California, um, in Palm Springs area, so completely different, so how polar opposite environment you know from the middle of the desert right. golf courses and tennis courts and country clubs to being in alaska you know so you're of college age so you're already yeah. in the 20s yeah so then a little time on the neptune and then what was the first boat i mean how and how did that come about well what happened was we took the boat south and then i started to talk to the recruiters just uh, making inquiries how i could get a get on a boat because i wanted to get on a on an actual fishing boat because i didn't have any prior experience on on fishing boats they didn't they, they said I didn't have any boat contract experience so 
I uh, stayed up in Seattle for a week, just contacted other companies. At this time, it was like, I think it was into August. The season, the summer season was in full swing for Pollock, so I, I couldn't get hired on. So what I did was I decided to fly home at the time I was living in Santa Barbara, California. I ripped the yellow pages out of the phone book at the airport and went home, got a got a job at a Fest Parker Doubletree Resort in Santa Barbara, California, and did night audit and front desk work there for, I don't know, it was about two months or something. Made calls to other fishing companies in Alaska. Yeah, I was probably into September or so that I got I got a call from Kodiak Fishing Company. The recruiter asked me if I wanted to go fishing in Alaska, and I said, absolutely. And so I gave my one-week notice at the Doubletree Resort and got on a plane and went up to Kodiak, Alaska. And this then sounds it, pretty good so far. So at this yeah. point, you're what, 20? I was like 20, 21, 22, okay. something like that, 22 years old. So uh, coming from up there. So, when, yeah, you first started, when you first started going to Alaska, you were a kid out of California, never been there before, found it online. What, did you, what was your initial experience? Of, I mean, your initial observation of Alaska, the, you know, the beauty of it. The, I mean, did you? Oh, it wasn't anything that I expected. When I first went up to South Naknek, it's just, you know, Bristol Bay Area. It's just all tundra, mosquitoes the size of Tyrannosaurus or uh, <laughs> just huge dinosaurs, you know, and big clouds. And, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was really beautiful. But uh, when we went on to the Neptune, we went down into Juneau and Ock Bay, and that was beautiful. The, the marine life is, is absolutely incredible. You know, I saw beluga whales and all types of humpback whales and such. Bald eagles flying everywhere. It was, it was absolutely beautiful. Glaciers, you know. I mean, when you ever see a glacier in the middle of the desert? Well, right. Well, and when never. you see a, when you see a bald eagle <laughs> in the lower forty-eight, not very often, yeah. you know. And, yeah, yeah. And when you do, it's uh, it's an incredible feeling to see that bird, right? You right. got that pride in it. Yeah. And then you get up there, and they're like rats. They're so everywhere. Cool. Everywhere. It's awesome. yeah. Everywhere. So, and, and yeah. today you probably still, well, I know today you experience that a lot, a lot of bald eagles. Do you still have that, that kind of tick in your heart when you see them? I mean, or is it a little more? Yeah, they're beautiful birds, you know. So I, I think I tend to take a lot of it for granted, you know, just see so many marine mammals. And, I mean, the natural resources up there are freaking incredible, the amount of fish. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really cool, man. I dig it. I dig it, yeah. So, uh, so you, now you you found the job. You gave your one week at DoubleTree. Oh. You're heading up to fishing Kodiak, you said, right? And what boat? And what were your, what was your response? Yeah. So my first boat contract was the Legacy fishing vessel, Legacy, and uh, it was Kodiak Fishing Company. It was a company run out of Bellingham, Washington. They were in town. They picked me up in Kodiak, and they were on their way up to the Bering Sea to go fish yellowfin, right? Creamy, and so. I walk on this boat, or, or I arrive in town, someone picks me up, we go into go into town, I get a bunch of rain gear and boots, and, uh, you know, just supplies for the season, and I walk onto this fishing processor, catcher processor, just a dirty, filthy boat, you know, the, the boat had, it was probably, I don't know, 150, 160 feet long, so there's about 20 people on it, it's an H&G boat, and I remember this one guy he's laying at the back of the house he's laying down on the deck man and he looks at me looks over and says i don't know what you're doing here this is a no money boat i'm going oh man and he says 
said his name. I, I, I can't remember his name. But they, he told me his name, and then he said, but you can call me country. That's what they call me. And he was from, I don't know where, man, the Ozarks or something. Just a backwoods hillbilly. And uh, I'm going, wow, this is going to be interesting. The boat was filthy. Get on there. So shown my accommodations. I had to split a room with, uh, share a room with four or three other people. So there was four of us in there. We shortly after that, we got underway, went up, went out to go fish yellowfin on the boat. I processed. And then uh, towards the end of that, it was a 65-day contract. Towards the end of it, I went out, started going on deck, you know, kind of be a combi. Processing wasn't really for me. But just to, so, now, did you just did you push your way onto the deck, or were you just kind of invited? Yeah, to do they. That, you know, I just started talking to the deckhands and stuff because it, it just seemed more interesting to me. I'm very curious, and I just kind of wanted to learn as much as I could learn. So, went up on deck, and I'd go and help and haul back, and then you'd come back down and process and stuff. And, so yeah. that put a little fire in you. To, that's kind of where you wanted to be. It did. Or? I just get bored easily, and and so I'm always yeah can't sit still so I'd, I'd go out and help out where I could on the boat but yeah and how long did you uh you stay on that vessel oh uh, it was a 65 day contract and after that was that was um over I left so I really didn't make any money so we were fishing so yellow it was a no money boat creamy it was a no money boat literally country was right yeah, but it was it was gutter but it was an experience and it got me onto a bigger factory factory boat uh catcher processor yeah, and I gained a lot of experience. Where, so. so where'd you go? Yeah. Uh, so after that, I, I talked to the recruiter in Seattle. I was able to get onto the Island Enterprise. Yeah, it's a Trident-owned vessel. Yeah, I got on that boat. I started processing there, and you know, uh, I'd go up after my shift. You'd have a 16-hour shift um, processing. I'd stay on and go up and work on deck, and you know, try to learn how to mend the nets and tie knots and just be helpful where you could you know i just i wanted to i wanted to be on deck that's what i wanted to do were they were they paying you for that time or was this time when you were like you felt like you were just well, you wanted to learn and yeah I, I just wanted to learn so you, you're paid on a on a percentage basis case rate and yeah so it was just something i wanted to do so how, now how about the difference between the legacy and the island enterprise the way they were ran the way that they were structured? oh i mean completely from the personnel to the I mean, just the cleanliness of the boat, the, the type of gear that you're using, it's all different. It's all different. And we're talking, I was, I went from like 150 foot, 160 foot boat to, a, I don't know, I think the, uh, the at the time, the Island Enterprise overall length was like 304 feet. Yeah. So well, that's changed a, really a bit. Big, yeah. You yeah. Know, I went from like 20 people to there was like 70 something. Oh, wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. Um, and then, so how long did we do this for? Well, I worked on the Island Enterprise for about maybe four and a half, five years, something like that. So definitely some experience coming there. Yeah. Were you always processing, or did you actually make it up on the deck? No, that's where I got my first deck job, so I was a combi on that boat, Yeah, and then just kind of progressed from there. Yeah. When did the combi come in those five years? Was it the first year or second year? Yeah, it was, it, was like, it was within the first year that it happened. I think it was after the first season, so that, that I got a dedicated spot on deck. And, and that was pretty cool. So the guys that I worked with were great and, and professionally. They weren't scared to teach you skills so that you could help and contribute. It was a, it was a great learning learning environment. Yeah. That was awesome. So that was probably 2002 at this point then because you've done a year of contracts and then went home for a couple months, then came back up and did four or five years on the island. So where, where mm -hmm. did you go from here then? 
So, after being on there for a long time, I just wanted to continue to grow. I'd heard that you could make better money, better money on the smaller boat. So, I started looking around for a catcher. Catcher boats, the catchers, I, I didn't want to do the whole processing side. You know, my, my captain kind of grew me for it at the time. Michael Benish, great guy. Uh, very smart, but, you know, he, he, was, he was the one that was kind of telling me about the catcher boats and uh, I could make a significant amount of more money. And we'd come to town to, you know, do our offloads. And in my off time, he'd take me into town, you know, pull up at another cannery processing plant and say, hey, that's a good boat over there. Why don't you go ask them if they need any help? So I'd walk in, go meet people and get numbers. And you know, oh, This was the captain getting, of the island? Yeah, the captain of the island. And he's really premise. taking you under his wing and saying, hey, look, you got to... Yeah, he was very helpful. And, and uh, yeah, just kind of grew in me to go make sure that I get a good job on a good boat so you must have saw something man. yeah you yeah know, yeah he's a really good guy man so still in contact yeah every now and then so I'll call him up on the radio and, and such not, not as much as we used to but yeah, yeah, yeah. he's pretty cool all right so then what was the boat you found I actually ended up going and working for BNN fisheries I floated around on that boat worked on the Northwest Explorer the Arctic Explorer the Bristol Explorer I worked a short time on the Exodus Explorer. Yeah. Yep. And those are both... All on deck? and All on deck, and they all just caught Pollock. You don't process. So you go out and fill up the boat and bring your load into town. Pull up next to the... At the dock next to a pump. They pump the fish off and run it through the cannery. Yeah. That's a good deal. And then how do we progress from there? Um, well, being on the factory trawler, we were always encouraged to take classes to get different types of ratings. So your AB card, your OS card, your AB card, and eventually you would, you know, you wanted to get your license, your captain's license, your mate's license. It was just the evolution of things, you know. So I just, in my off time, I would, you know, take some of my personal time and, and go and, and take classes here and there, put together all of these qualifications to apply for the ratings. So how did that begin to move you on to your next job? You, so you, you spent this time on the on the island, the captain's helping you, uh, you're trying to find something else, and then... Yeah, so after being in, I went and I worked on a uh, little boat out of Newport, Oregon, uh, the Leslie Lee, same type of fish, fishing, fisheries, smaller boat, worked there for a short amount of time. I did an A season and an offshore hake, so it was probably between like January through May that I worked for them didn't get along with the captain at all he was just a narcissist and just a screamer and uh, so that didn't last for too long and we had you know we butted heads big time and uh, so I left there and and reached back out to Trident Seafood Uh, they got me on a charter charter went and worked on a charter for summer and got back in the loop there charter charter so Noah the uh, Noah will uh, lease the boats and they go out and do surveys so Basically, they split the Bering Sea up into grids. You make a certain amount of tows. They have uh, fisheries observers and biologists on the boat, and they record record your catch, measure fish. You know, it's just making an overall assessment of the biomass of the fish, the fisheries involved in that area um, up in the Bering Sea. So, and the first boat that I went on was the uh, Arcturus, and I went and worked on there. Was it, was uh, Glenn the captain on there? That Glenn that Sullivan, yeah, great yeah. man, great yeah. man, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's still running that boat. It's a lot of fun. He's got a great crew. 
He, he does. He does. When you say the charter, though, so the, all this information they're gathering, obviously, is that where the, all this these numbers come from for how much is going to be the quota for the season? Is, is that where these numbers are coming from? They, yeah, yeah, that, that's where all the numbers all the numbers are pulled. So, And it's it's the best managed, managed uh, fisheries in the world up in Alaska. They do a great job of, uh, of, you know, keeping track of what you catch, you know, how the fish are producing and what the bi- overall biomass is looking like. So it's, uh, it's a good system that they have in, have in play. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty strict too, right? I mean, yeah, it's you, very have, strict. you have to have an observer of the boat. You have to have right? an observer on the boat, so. And their job's to essentially yeah. count everything that you're doing, right? Or yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right, charter on the Arcturus. Now, let's let's really get serious here. Where do where do we go? Where how do how do we really progress? What boats are we on? Because because at this point, you're you're a fully licensed captain right now. No, so things happened well, pretty quickly. Now I am. At the time I worked on the Arcturus, I didn't have my mate's license. I actually I went and started filling in in the fleet on other boats, and I think I went I went and worked on the Dominator for Craig Jensen, and uh, that had to be a good guy to work for. Yeah, he's great, man. He's he's such a who, uh, very knowledgeable, very professional, first class all the way. Yeah, he's still that way in everything he does. I mean. He's, Working with him as a port engineer, he's very detailed, very yeah. meticulous. Yeah. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I worked for him and filled in on deck. And, you know, I wanted to learn. I wanted to start towing the net at night and learning that type of stuff. And I just wasn't able to. He's always held a crew on that boat for a long time. I think at the time that I worked on there, everyone had worked on the boat for, like, 18 years. You know, together. Hard so, to get a spot when everybody's yeah, already got a Bill, spot. Yeah, Bill, his mate and co-captain, went to high school with him. Like, so it, he told me that it would be unfair if he let me tow and, and do these things. And it was cool. Like, I, I made great money working for that guy and, and learned so much working on, on his boat also. But one of his guys, Jim Howard, wanted to go half-time. And so I was able to split that time with him, um, split the seasons split the time and split the money and then in my off time off of that boat I would go and fill in on other boats and that's how I kind of you know got to know the fleet and the different people all, all within that Trident family or were you reaching all out to within other? Trident okay. yeah I didn't want to leave them so they're, they're a great company to work for uh, they take care of their boats all the people are, are, are very great yeah so awesome. then after the Dominator so that's how I got my license Jim after a year of going half time with Jim he didn't want to split split the time and money anymore so Craig was going to have me back or Craig told me if Jim didn't want to come back that that he wanted me back on his boat but he wasn't going to pay me full share because I didn't have as much experience as everyone else and at that time that was after summer and we had like three months off or something and I you know I kind of got upset you know okay I'll wait around and see if, if I can work on your boat. I'd love to work for you, but I'm also going to, you know, put my fillers out and, and reach for something else. During that time off, I went and sat for my license, my original license, and it was a good thing because an opportunity came along on the boat that I work on now, the Sovereignty, on deck as a deck boss. So I actually I went and worked on that boat um, for Kaz and Jeff Boddington and worked on deck there for a couple of years. Yeah, and it, and it ended up working out because... So, uh, and now you remain on that boat, boat now? 
Yeah, I'm the main on that boat now. So, so you got on there several years, well, a few years ago at least. I mean, right. it's been a while. So you work for Kaz and, and Boddington. Yeah, I think the, it was like 2007, man. As, as we call it. 2007 or 2008, I started working on that boat. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. you've already got 20 years in the fishery. No, I've got, like right now, I think I've got like 18 going up, 18 years or something. that I From the first time that I came up to Alaska, about 18 years. Okay. 18, just over or something like that. It's quite a bit of time. Yeah, time flies, man. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so in that amount of time, here's where, here's where the fun's going to come, Dom. And you guys, I just call him Dom because kind of everybody calls him Dom for short. It is Dominic. In that amount of time, you've had to experience some things that, good and bad. And we're going to go back from that first time you went up in 98, right? Okay. To current. And I'm, I'm looking for your fear in that. It, it, just a story about the thing that scared you the most is, that's happened between now and then. I don't know if I had to pick one, one moment. Maybe yeah, a few years ago or something. We're hauling back on the sovereignty, and it was stacked up. There's like 25 footers. It was, it was pretty crappy, and he couldn't get turned around to, to haul back going into the wave, the direction of the swell as it's coming to you. So we started hauling back and winding the net, going with it. So, yeah. Anyways, we're winding up the net, and a 25-footer pushed through the back of the boat. It went over the gantry. For sure, it went over the gantry. But it happened so quick. I had enough time to to grab one of the deckhands on our boat, Angel, push him in between the net reels um, out of the path of the water, and I held on to, to a bar, just clung onto it for dear life, man. But I was pretty scared at that moment. Angel and I were okay. The guys on the other side of the boat got... <laughs> they got splooshed, man. They got washed all the way forward. No one got hurt, but I mean that's just the only only moment that it's pretty scary out. moment though. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't know it till it's all flashing right there, right? Yeah. Do you sure. uh, does that flash back in your mind sometimes? That no, no, not at all. But yeah, that was probably the scariest moment. So you know, I haven't experienced like seeing anybody get hurt or yeah. Well, that's know, good. So, that's good. Yeah, it's, we, we don't, we're not trying to dig for all the horror stories just wow. the you know the first time that you personally were scared yeah. so we actually had uh your the captain of the sovereignty on the on here uh, not too long ago jeff yeah jeff crane yeah what a guy to learn that's from my, right i mean that's my boy man he's a great man he's a great man yeah. yeah first class all the way what i find funny is you even say that when you're drinking a lot you keep that going he's a he, great man to work for just I, a good friend you know he he would do anything for his crew good you know? good guidance right i mean good Absolutely. When I asked him the same question, uh, his answer was he was really lucky. Uh, working on a, on a great boat, great crew, very safe. He had to dig back to find that scary moment as well, and which, which is great because there's a lot of guys up there that have more than one very, very scary moments, you know. Mm. Um, so let's go to the little humor side. Do you have some of that? I mean, give, me, give us a couple funny stories. There has to be some, because I know, I know the guys you work with. I don't know. Nothing really, like, sticks out in particular, so there's all kinds of funny moments, you know. You, you become, like, family, and it's just five of you on the boat taking care of the boat, and just the, the whole camaraderie, and the, you know, I don't I, know. Not not any one, one significant funny story comes pop to mind, you know. 
Well, then give me Sorry, two. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's just, it's just okay. all family. I'm not going to yeah. tell on everybody. Right. I'm, so, a, I'm a joker and a clown, uh, man. I'm always, oh, so you, I'm always goofing around and stuff, but I just don't, I can't ever think of like one moment, you know? Yeah. That, so, I'm always laughing and trying to have a good time, you know? So. That's probably a good way to be, right? Yeah. It's probably a good be. way to be. Has, has the crew changed much since you've been on there? You've Jeff's son, Nick, started working on the boat a couple years ago. I don't even know. I lose track of time now so easily. It's been at least three years, I think, maybe. Three or four years. But all of us come from um, similar backgrounds. Jeff, my, Jeff, myself, Coach, and Angel, we've all worked on factory trawlers. So Nick's, Nick's a new addition to our team, and he's he's a great he's a great guy. He's very smart, always willing to work. He just can't sit still, man. It, it's awesome. All of the guys on the boat are or first class, you know, our engineers, fantastic, and Angel, he's freaking great, I've known him since I started fishing, we started fishing the same year, just, you know. Was he on the so, legacy then? Or? No, he was working um, for Trident Seafoods on a processor or something, but. Are you guys all on that boat, like to pull guts or something to get started, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. You know, it did. We it, worked it, a different angle, you know, than everyone else did, so a lot of people, you know, either their fathers or family members are involved in it or they know someone, they come from small towns, you know, down in, in Newport or, yeah, from the Oregon coast and, you know, by word of mouth and friends, they get jobs and stuff. But Isn't that how it goes, too? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. you really, uh, especially today, you almost have to know someone to, to get on, on these big boats that are making uh, good money. Absolutely. Know? Or, or you got to work your ass off and yeah. show that you're you're willing to do that. Yeah. Everyone's so, got to pay dues, man. <laughs> Nothing's free in this world, you know. <laughs> what is it? Nothing's <laughs> <laughs> free, man. Uh, what is it? Again, going back from California, a young kid, 21, trying to pay his college tuition. At some point in there, you got absolutely hooked, right? It's, yeah, Where so was the hook? after that first year, so it took me, I, I came up in that first year, I worked in the, the processing plants and the barge and on that, and I didn't really make any money that first year. It was just kind of, Well, because country know, told you you weren't going to make any money. It was money. just seeing he the said, flow chart of how everything worked, you know, like. He told you you weren't going to make like any money. Like seeing that map and going, hey, you know, okay, this isn't working. So I came back, I reapplied to colleges got accepted again and was going to take another year and at, at the end of that year I had got the job on that the island enterprise and was making decent money and I go and work you know at, at that time it was it was decent money because of how old I was and stuff but wasn't that it wasn't a lot a lot but I liked it I liked the lifestyle like I could go and work for three months come back have all my bills paid party go out I didn't have any yeah any worries and I liked it so I could go travel and then go back to work and make more money and do it all over again yeah. so you're it was carefree all of my friends were going to college and they were just bogged down by bills and in debt and you weren't and I wasn't I was like you know so did you have that big spend you know that that first big thing that you you had a big wad of cash <laughs> you were like okay nah, that's what I'm getting nah I just you know I've always been kind of frugal but you know I'd, I'd go back home and, and I didn't start traveling at first I tried to get my friends because I was young tried to get my friends together to go and travel and 
they didn't ever want to go. So after a little while of that, I just kind of boned out and was like, all right, later, you know, I'm going to take my money and go, go travel around, go, go spend a month over in this country, go spend a month over here, go, you know, just do things, do what I want, yep. do what I want, do what you want. Yeah. Now, if you had, well, you know, our industry, we're, we're getting, all of us are getting older. There's not a lot of young guys coming, right? Yeah. So what would you suggest for young guys that are really, really wanting to make a change or, or, or get into this industry? Because nowadays, today, it's on TV. You know, oh, you can go crabbing and here's what's going to happen. But we're not all about that, right? We're more about how do you get into the industry? Because uh, the industry is not all crab, regardless of what you see on TV. Right. Um, so what, what do you suggest, guys listening that just want to put it out there? It's hard. You really have to know somebody. But now the companies offer um, training programs and such like that. Contact these HR companies. They don't, you know, used, people used to hire off the docks. Like when I first started fishing, people would be walking the docks looking for jobs. And that's how hiring used to be done. Everything's the big corporate environments built itself up and insurance companies and other things are involved so you have to go through the whole process but probably have to contact our HR the HR departments for these companies and just hop in jump in man. so do you think it's a good thing get to start pulling that, them guts do you think that the, these guys need to just get up here and get the work done and, and putting that time will result in something like you've done I mean you yeah you got to come up to Seattle and, and meet people so if I had to if I had to look for a job myself I'd go down to the net manufacturers and net builders and work in one of those shops you know and by networking and meeting people and you learn how you know, to fix the net you're, you're a valuable shit, guy right you know? yeah yeah just showing you're worth the shit and you can you know grind grind and work and, and keep your mouth shut then you'll so, get on but yeah so i know this last season actually jeff said hey dom here's the keys yeah it's pretty take this cool. boat for a ride now yeah. let's go let's go to that moment yeah. when he said hey i'm gonna step off the boat and and yeah. you're gonna run because yeah. this is what every captain waits for, right? Is that first moment to sit in that chair and be the guy on the boat calling every command. Because when when you're the guy, you're the guy. Right. So give us that that moment. That How did that work out for you? How, what was the feelings going on? Oh, it worked out great. You know, Jeff's been talking about it for a couple of years. Or since he talked the boat, or took the boat, he, you know, we had a talk and he said that he didn't want to do it. For, he didn't want to do this forever. And eventually that... He wanted to start taking time off, and, and he wanted, you know, he was going to let me run it if it worked out. And, and so he finally decided to go and do it. And, you know, he gave me two trips, which is freaking great, and I got to bring the boat south. I was a little nervous at first, but, you know, we, we do it all the time. Like, Jeff's really cool to work for. He's not a, a micromanager or, you know, he doesn't keep you under his thumb. He just he lets you do your thing. And so he that's just, it at night. I, I have the boat. The boat's my boat, you know. And, you know, hey, he'll, you know, give me the lineup. Hey, this is, this is what these guys caught today. This is where they've been working. And eh, figure it out, you know. And so, I don't know. L- looking at it now, he's kind of groomed me to do it and make those decisions. And, it's you know, it's still going to be different when he tosses the keys and walks off the dock and gets on a plane. It's cool. It's, yeah. It's I know cool. you were excited. Yeah, so excited. I was excited for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm stoked that he trusts me enough to, you know, to let me do that. And, and the company and the, the, you know, Christian and the managers, you know, that they, they, they would let me do that. It's freaking awesome. So How did we did a great job. 
Oh man, because on so my surreal. personal boat coming yeah. through the locks, I was a little like, ah, shit. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah. How, how was that coming? Bringing that big ass boat. Yeah, in the, in the middle of the night. It's all dark. You know, you enter the cut, and you're just going, holy. <laughs> here it shit. comes. Here it comes. Your yeah. heart's going. Yeah, it's cool. I just went really slow, man, and and took it easy, you know. But it was, yeah, it was weird when we got inside the locks and they closed, close the doors behind you and start filling it up, and you're just. Um, I, I'm used to being down on the deck with the guys, you know, on the rail handling buoys and mooring lines and stuff and, you know, and talking to people in the locks. But, you know, this time I was up on the wheelhouse level. <laughs> it was kind of cool. Was that, it was all right, man. I was, was pretty right. I was like, heck, yeah, this is awesome, man. Yeah, but, Jeff met us down there, Jeff and Susan, his wife. They were on the outside. Yeah, they, yeah, They, they yeah. saw you coming in. Yeah, yeah. How awesome yeah, is they, that? Yeah, they came down and had dinner at Ray's and they came over and, you know, it was cool. Man. He's watching you operate the boat. He's out yeah, there just, cool. yeah. oh, let's just take a walk down yeah. the locks and see my boy Don pull yeah. this big-ass boat through the locks. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's yeah, a great guy, man. That's pretty cool. Oh, I'm so fortunate, so lucky to work for him. Yeah. Are you saying all this because you know he's going to listen to this later no, on? Man. I mean, this no, is all, not at all. I've worked for a legit. lot of different people, and, and Jeff's solid, you know. He is solid, so, yeah. You ever get in a fist fight on a boat, Don? Mm, yeah, but I really don't want to talk about that. So, yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, okay, I I just saw you getting rancy. I thought maybe you, yeah, maybe not, there was one. We're not going to talk. All about right, that. we're not going to talk about that. So um, again, back to back to the guys uh, that were looking for jobs. You gave them good advice there. Any other experiences you want to talk about? Were you pretty wrapped up? Yeah, I mean, nothing comes to mind. Nothing sticks out, man. Like, like there's nothing that I absolutely have to share. Well, it's been a good time talking to you. Cool, man. Thanks, thanks for having and, me. Well, awesome. uh, yeah. the the best part about this this uh, podcast is all unscripted, right? So we can talk about what we want. Yeah. What's said is said, and there's nothing else that's going to happen. But uh, all right, guys, uh, we've had Dominic Bova here, the first mate, and. Uh, for a couple weeks anyway last year co-captain yeah buddy for the fb sovereignty and appreciate you coming cool thanks for having me i hope that you've uh, had a good time here absolutely all right, gu- all right guys tune in uh, another time for galley stories i'm mark Kaler, and we will see you next time bye